Chris Raby Show. It is the Thursday, March 4th, 2021 edition of the program. We're talking more baseball today. Eno Saris of The Athletic going to be with me in just a moment. Don't forget, if you have Cardinals questions, tweet me. Tweet me at C-H-R-A-B-E, C-H-R-A-B-E. We can take your questions all week and we'll answer them at the end of the week in a mailbag. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Scoops with Danny Mac podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Send me a screenshot and we'll enter you in a drawing to win some Scoops with Danny Mac swag. So all of that is on the table. Looking forward to answering some of your Cardinals questions over the next couple of days and looking forward to uh, our first full high school show tomorrow. Going to talk with two of the coaches of two of the best boys and girls basketball programs in St. Louis Tomorrow on the show. All right, let's get to it and talk a little baseball with Eno Saris of The Athletic. Of course, theathletic.com is where you can go. Subscribe if you somehow aren't already, and you can read all the great work by Eno and uh, the great team over there. Eno, what's going on, man? Does it feel like we are into spring training baseball? Does it still feel odd, or do you feel that everyone has uh, some modicum of uh uh, I guess, gratefulness for, for where we are and the fact that, that there is baseball, at least right now, being played. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it can be probably a little bit jarring uh, for people in different states to, to see all the fans and um, to, to see the green grass. <laughs> um, so uh, let, it, let it be like it always is, uh, a sign of beacon of, of hope for, you know, better weather uh, better everything. Uh, yeah. In the I, I think that's a good, <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. What's your take on, on how the industry so far has gotten to this point, you know, because coming out of a, an, an odd off season and at a time where I think most would agree that things maybe aren't at, at their, at their best or at their most peaceful between, uh, the two sides, the players and the owners, especially with, um, you know, negotiations coming up, after this season, the fact that we have reached this point, how would you describe how we got here through your eyes? Um, it's really interesting. I think this is something that's happened in many different industries and across the world um, is that the different trends that were already in place got kind of uh, juiced up and just kind of uh, went into hyper mode. Um, so, as an example, in baseball, there was already a little bit of a, you know, a problem between labor and ownership in terms of how they negotiated with each other. That's gotten worse. I, I thought that a year took a bit of a haircut would bring them closer at the table and not want them to have a possibility of a work stoppage at the end of the season when the collective bargaining agreement is up. 
Instead, it seems like they've become more entrenched. And my example for that is, uh, you know, just how hard it was for them to even agree to play 60 games last year and how much acrimony there was and how much using the media and how much leaks and how much uh, battle for the public consciousness there was. And, and the fact that, you know, I, st- I still thought naively, oh man, they're, this is still, they don't want to lose another year. Like they're going to get together at the table. Well, then you see this executive over in Seattle talking about things like we offered Jared Kelnick, our, our, our number one prospect, a six-year deal. He turned it down. So he's going to be in the minors this year. Um, you know, making fun of uh, the language abilities of different prospects. But the, the Kelnick set some people off and I was in a Zoom with Josh Donaldson. Uh, I was in a Zoom with, with uh, Garrett Cole and they picked up on that right away. And we're talking about we like the best players in baseball need to be in the big leagues. And we need to do something about the structure, the financial structure in baseball. And so um, that sounds to me like it's going to be a very difficult uh, collective bargaining agreement uh, negotiation session that happens through this season and, and at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like, you know, I think that um, not only are some of the players at the forefront, like you mentioned, um, obviously uh, aware of what's coming, but they're very willing to mm-hmm. put their the, their names to it. And they're very willing to, to speak publicly about it when given the opportunity. Yeah, that's 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 what uh, almost surprised me is they, you know, these Zooms, it's not like they're having informal uh, gab sessions, you know, with uh, their favorite reporters where they kind of, you know, let out how they feel, you know, Zooms are really like more like the scrum, you know, so these two players and there's other players who commented on it, too. They can be cal- um, very calculated. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 um, and, and there's a willingness and, and that's, and there's, that's a willingness from the richest, um, you know, group. It will be interesting to see how the younger members of the union vote in baseball. This part of the problem is the trend is to, to, towards players on the minimum salary. Um, You know, the, the first three year players, um, you know, arbitration eligible players make up the, the majority of the sport now and and the people who are paid on these big free agent contracts there's fewer and fewer of them but they're the richest they might be the most likely to say hey let's shut it down and get what we want right because they have money. there will be some pushback from the younger ones what their is better situation for the younger ones so um, I think they might all be on board. I think they might be ready for this. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to read the tea leaves and see what will happen in the end. But uh, they haven't caved for, you know, as an example for that, they haven't really caved on anything like, in terms of, um, you know, ownership keeps offering expand, uh, DH for expanded playoffs. And the union does not see that as an equitable pay, uh, trade. And so they keep saying no, and they keep saying no. And we're going to go into the season without expanded playoffs and without the DH. Um, so, so far the union is, is held the line and, um, that will make it a little bit difficult on ownership. You know, Saros is with us from the athletic. How about from an on-field perspective, you know, uh, you write so much uh, about pitching and we've chatted so much, uh, about pitching in the past in your eyes, what will separate the teams that are able to manage and that are able to most successfully I guess, uh, utilize their pitchers and utilize their pitchers in the face of, of this year and hopefully a full year, especially coming off 
such a strange year and, and such probably unique and, and potentially challenging workloads for staffs last season? You know, I think when you look at what the best pitching staffs and the best teams in baseball have done, I think you get a clue as to what they, what baseball thinks is about to happen. What happened last year was we saw three times the pitching injuries of a regular season. And my idea is that this year we're going to see not necessarily three times, but we'll see more injuries, pitching injuries than usual, because there'll be sort of a, a hangover effect. There'll be still players that either didn't get in enough time, didn't get enough innings, um, or did some weird stop and start stuff last year. We're actually a little bit hurt at the end of the season. And now we'll find out in the spring as we ramp up. So I think we'll, we'll see some pitcher injuries um, as this happens. And I think the best teams, the Padres, the Dodgers, even the Mets, with them was they had five pitchers and they added more you know uh, the Yankees could have said you know we've got these young guys Davey Garcia Clark Schmidt Domingo Herman's coming back Luis Severino's coming back we don't need to add they went and got Jameson Tyon they went and got Corey Kluber just to push push everybody down and make sure they had seven to eight quality starters you know you saw the Padres acquire Snell Musgrove and Darvish over the offseason and push their youngest pitchers gore and morahan and weathers those are really nice pitching prospects they push those guys out of the rotation they'll they'll use them but they're not depending on them uh, and then the dodgers famously added trevor bauer a ton of innings there they already had dustin may and, and tony gonsolin two guys i really like that are now looking on the outside i think are are, are their six and seven starters that's pretty amazing pitching depth so the best teams uh to answer your question the best teams will have uh will uh, in the starting starting rotation. Yeah, you know, as, as, as you rattle all those off, you know, it, it seems like there is a concentration of, of teams or a grouping of teams, especially in the National League, that are really pushing their chips in right now and who are, you know, keeping the pedal to the floor, so to speak, trying to win right now or making additions or acquisitions to win right now. I think it's fair. You can throw the Cardinals in that mix. The last time we talked, I think, was the day of the, of the Blake Snell acquisition with Darvish on the way for the Padres, but we haven't spoken since the Cardinals acquired uh, Nolan Arenado. Do you think that's fair? Do you see a delineation between the teams that are making acquisitions right now and, and, and who seem to be acting aggressively into the spring and into the season? Or do you think it's just the teams that generally, uh, regardless of circumstances, would have been making these types of acquisitions? No, there's, there's definitely, there are definitely large teams, large market teams that are not doing anything. Um, you know, the pretty in some, they sold pieces rather than gain pieces. The Red Sox are treading water, um, and losing, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, the news came down today, but you know, over the time Mookie Betts, they traded away Andrew Benintendi. They seem to be selling and kind of trying to, to, to restock, if not rebuild, um, and, uh, the giants are a large market team that traditionally buys that is stuck in this kind of waiting for the kids buying on a small level. They get guys like Tommy Lestella these days. They don't, uh, make the big purchases as much. So, uh, there are definitely some large market teams. Then there are some small market teams that are in the rebuild, the Orioles, the pirates, um, you know, the, the tigers, uh, but even the Tigers, you know, they started making some small buys. They, they went and got some guys like Robbie Grossman um, just to just to improve around the edges and, and tried to have. So I think it is a little bit unfair. Sometimes like two thirds of baseball is not trying. Uh, I don't I don't think it's that big of a number. 
but it is weird when you have some big market teams that are obviously selling. Uh, that makes it for a weird sport, especially the Cubs, man. Yeah, that central that central that that division is is there for them if they wanted it, and they're not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, last couple of months spending time in Chicago, uh, where I grew up, and and I think it's fair to hear Cub fans, you know, that that are that are angry, and and I I get the fact that you know, in one respect, the ownership group accomplished what uh, nobody else had accomplished in in one World Series, but in another respect a lot of the debt that they've taken on and a lot of the position that they are in right now, they squarely put themselves in. And a lot of it had, you know, little to do with what's what's on the baseball field and some of the baseball decisions contributed to it. And, you know, instead of trying to figure out a way like the Red Sox, at least have kind of gone through this rolling rebuild or the short term rebuild a couple of times over the last decade. Right. And it's led to immediate success. The Cubs just didn't really do anything. They aren't really even like interesting at this point. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that people look at the Dodgers and they say, oh, you know, they didn't go into the luxury tax or, um, you know, they're they did the same sort of thing. I don't think that people understand Do the Dodgers, while they were trying to build their farm system, while they were trying to build their pitching development, while they were trying to make them in into the Dodgers they are today, they ran really high payrolls. You know, they they've had consistent. $200 million type payrolls the whole way through. So it's weird when the Cubs are down at 140. You know, it's, it's, it's weird when the Red Sox have, you know, 30 or $40 million they could spend before they get to 200. Um, you know, that's traditionally what the large market teams, even the Yankees, what they've done is even in a bad year, they spend enough to be okay. So that they're never really bad. They're just, okay, okay, okay. Ah, the young guys came up. Now we're good again good for a while. Okay. You know what I mean? That's what, yeah. that's what money does for you. That's what money's supposed to do for you in baseball is, is kind of buy you floor, you know, make sure that you're okay. Um, and, and, and so I, and I, I have some, uh, um, like I'm like, I, I have some sympathy for, you know, the tigers and Orioles and, you know, Mariners of the world. I think they're in these smaller markets that um you know they take a they take a step back for a while and they might be terrible for a while but they're waiting for the kids all to come up at the same time and they have yeah. a slightly different more a slightly different model but the cubs man come on you could have they could have bought some players this offseason let's talk a little bit about uh, the cardinals you know because like i said uh we have not spoken since the uh, i guess the signings of adam wainwright and yadier molina with the acquisition of nolan arenado in the middle arenado had kind of been the the long uh, rumored acquisition by the club that uh, fans always kind of pointed to and said, well, you know, talk to me when you do this, talk to me when you do this. Another organization that um, I don't know, was, was the beneficiary of circumstances this off season, right time, right place with, with Arnado and his falling out with, with the front office, perhaps as we're now about a month removed from the dealer, a little bit more, you know, how, how do you, kind of look back on, on how it happened and where it positions the Cardinals in the central and in the national league right now. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm stuck in a, in a, in a, in a nuanced take, which is never good. <laughs> I'd love to like turn this into a hot take for you, but there's two <laughs> things going on. One is the trade was great. And the trade was, I think they paid even less than they paid for uh, Paul Goldschmidt, you know, and they now got a premier, 
you look at Colorado Rockies that have left Colorado and, and Cardinals know this from, from past players, they, they outperform their away splits. And the reason is that when you're in Colorado, all you see is fastballs. And when you're out of Colorado, because junk doesn't, uh, you know, curveballs and stuff, they don't break as much. So when you're home, all you see is fastballs. And when you're away, all you see is, is breaking balls. And that just leads to you being worse away from home than you would be normally. So I would, I would assume that Arenado, if he's healthy, will actually outperform his away splits and be a really, really top three, top four type third baseman in this league. And so that was a great deal that they made. I love that deal. But if you look at the Cardinals kind of look across the depth charts, across like, you know, how good are they at short? How good are they in right field? How good are they in left field? They look kind of like a 500 team to me. That's what the projections say. So I'm being accused of hating the Cardinals, but I love the Arenado trade. I think they, sh- they are, they are the best team in the, in the uh, either the best or the, they're tied kind of with the Brewers for, to being the best team in their division. So they did a good thing, but uh, this is still a flawed team. You know, when I look across. Yeah. And I think that you still are, if you're the Cardinals banking on, or, or at least maybe hoping for is the better term, some, regression up to the mean from some guys who who have some serious question marks right and and if those guys continue to perform with some of the question marks that they performed how much does nolan arnado potentially impact the body of work yeah i i think that the the positive going into the season the the, the way that they outperform these projections is fairly clear it's in the outfield and, you know, I, I like Harrison Bader more than Cardinals fans <laughs> because uh, I just looked at his barrel rates. These stat cast has these barrel rates and he, he's great at them. Uh, I mean, I'm not like elite, but he's really good at them. And uh, I see a guy that I know he struggled against righties, but if he takes any step forward against righties, I see a guy that's going to put together defense, base running power. Uh, you know, be a really good player. So right now he's projected to be league average. I think he can, he has beyond that. Now, left field and right field are projected to be in the worst five in the league. And it's obvious that Dylan Carlson has the ability to be better than that. So that's a part where the projections could just be wrong. They're projecting him that way because he's young. He did not have a great first season, blah, 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 blah. But he has great upside. And then I actually kind of like Tyler O'Neill too. So, you know, if, if those three players do anything better uh, than they're projected, then that's, that's where um, the Cardinals take off. Yeah. Final thing for you, you know, as uh, we chat with, you know, Saris for the athletic, how much of this year and how much variance do you think there is from team to team, for instance, with how teams will handle uh, some of their young players. And you mentioned some of the prospects or some of the young players that might uh, be waiting in the wings, perhaps a little bit for teams who are aggressive this off season and aggressive in both the free agent and trade markets, but for teams that, that have young players who might be more aggressive with them, uh, could we see some uncertainty in the minor leagues or could we see um, some uncertainty with rosters or payroll force teams or give teams the opportunity perhaps to get guys to the big leagues a little bit sooner than uh, maybe anticipated like Carlson last year. And what kind of domino effect could that potentially have? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a unique situation for each team, um, you know, where they are in the wind cycle, where, you know, how, you know, are the Mariners now because of this thing with their executive going to push Kelnick uh, right into the big leagues. One thing that Kelnick hasn't had in the last year and now plus is organized 
you know. He looks like he hasn't missed a day. He just hit a real long homer in spring the other day to the opposite field off a left-hander, which is pretty impressive for a young lefty hitter. Um, what When you're thinking about him in long-term, because you have him for six years, why worry so much about what happens in that seventh year? You know, why worry about that seventh year when you, if you think that sometime in the next six years, you'll be good. Then you need to worry about him being as good as he can be in the next six years. And he's probably only going to get better if you put him in organized baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? If right. There's only so much he play, can do. Yeah. Like, otherwise, he's just going to see the same Mariners pitchers in the alternate side yeah. over and over again. He's not going to learn anything. They're not going to pitch him inside as much because who's going to break Jared Kelnick's, you know, finger? Yeah, it'd be a bad you know, look. Pitching, pitching inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, somebody already did it with uh, Julio Rodriguez. Their other, their other, uh, every pitching going to break Jared's Jared's hand. So, um, you know, I would say that um, I think that it it has to push the very best prospects at least closer to the big leagues. I would if it, I was if I was at all thinking that I would be competitive this year, I'd rather have my prospect in the major leagues than not playing ball. You know, Saurus of the Athletic, I appreciate it, man. And um, again, it's going to be, uh, I think, an interesting season for a lot of reasons. You've written too about uh, some of the fantasy implications, and as always, can't recommend enough that folks check out uh, the Athletic if for some reason they aren't already doing so. Appreciate the time, my man. What's um. What, give us just off the top of your head, just a, a maybe widely accessible, regardless of where people are listening to this uh, beer that someone could crack open this weekend as they flip around through some spring training baseball on TV. You know, one of my favorites that's that's everywhere uh, is Firestone Long Easy. Um, and what I like about it is that it's like four or five percent. It's but it still has a little bit of taste. It's a good crossover beer for people that haven't really gotten into IPAs. And it also kind of represents spring and summer because it's just light and airy and easy. Um, and, you know, we're, getting, we're trying, to, trying to get away from those winter months. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Nothing better than beer and baseball. You know, you're the best, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, brother. Thanks for having me.